we may never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 33, the show where one host makes a prediction and winds up being wrong, but that's okay, because maybe we'll go there doing a quest or something. Stop trying to make the Emerald Dream happen. It's not going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) I was making myself laugh at that one. That That was good. That's good. All right. All right, each episode we'll check in, have some laughs, and we'll talk about all the lore of Warcraft. All about the lore of Warcraft, or all the lore of Warcraft. I don't care. The lore of Warcraft. Lore of Warcraft. One or two <laughs> topics at a time. <laughs> My name is Jin. I'm the Necrolord Fury Warrior that's spending some time hanging with those weird vampires. Mm-hmm. And I'm joined by a fellow Fury Warrior, or should I say a dual-wielding fighter. It's Allie. Mm-hmm. So. Dual axes, even. Yeah. Scary axe lady, apparently. Yeah. Scary Axe Lady, that's the one. <laughs> Speaking of Scary Axe Lady, what have you been up to? Oh, man. i a lot. i a lot with you lately. Uh, so, that's not a bad thing. I mean, that's not like a bad thing, but it's really not a bad thing, I promise. Sorry I annoyed you with my friendship. <laughs> I just watched that the other day, actually. So, gosh. Um, what have I done? Uh, so, I've been doing the normal, you know, raiding... Uh, doing some mount runs and transmog runs with various friends, which was fun. And it happened like a couple times last week, whereas to the point that I couldn't remember what run I did on what character. So I had to keep hopping different characters because like, oh, well, that one's locked out. Nope, that one's locked out. So, but yeah, no, lots of fun. No, couple cool transmogs here and there, no mounts or anything, but that's okay. And that's kind of it in Warcraft. It was a weird... We were weak. I think I did one Torghast run. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. The week before I did Torghast. That's what it was. It was weird, though, because I was like half asleep while I was doing it, but I was really determined to finish it. So I ended up running into some walls here and there and taking a really long time. But I still five gemmed it somehow. Yeah. And got to the I got to the extra vaults. I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> that, that works. That's exactly what you want when you're <laughs> sleepy. You're like, oh, great, more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, cool, maybe I could upgrade one of my conduits. And, and no, I, I I, didn't get anything. But mm. that's okay. I got the satisfaction of knowing that I half slept through a layer 11 and still five jumped it. Well done. Yeah. And Corthia. Working on my Corthia. Still not quite at six, but almost. And that's, that's it. But we... Do you, do you want to talk about what we've done over the weekend? The two things? I mean, I can talk about at least one of them. Because it was do, do, doing the DMing thing. We can talk about the other yeah. one. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, we did D&D. I'll let him talk about that. Because I'm a scary axe lady. He's just he's the DM. So, <laughs> And uh, that was that was a lot of fun. It's ridiculous how much fun we had. But we also recorded a little, a little thing for the patrons. Yeah. Where Mr. and Mrs. Jin uh, asked... Newlywed, not quite newlywed type questions, but, you know, couples type questions to myself and Mr. Allie. 
and it was a ridiculous amount of fun. And we said right after we were done recording that we really wished uh, Jin and his wife lived closer to us because it would be fun to actually hang out with them more in person. But it was a lot of fun. And I think the patrons will like it when they get it. It's true. It was a lot of fun. So I still need to edit it, though, but I'll get there. I'll get there. Yeah, you'll get it. That's fine. Yeah. So what have, what have you been up to? Well, I've been up to lots of things. Like, I'll just simply and quickly say, I finally have AOTC, so yay. Yay, man. And I was like, did I tell people I got AOTC? I don't think I did. Cause not I, yet, not yeah, yet. Last time I was like, yeah, we all let's got her down. And then before the episode came out, I had AOTC. So that's so that yeah, I think it was the Thursday after we recorded, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. So yeah, it was uh, it was good. That's a fun fight. Uh, almost had her down again the following week, trying to get her down for some of the folks that weren't able to make it. But, uh, you know... Had a couple key DPS players out, so we were unable to get that. But, yeah, yeah. Or were we? I don't know. I have a terrible memory, but I'm thinking no. But it could have been yes. Who knows? <laughs> Things happened. Yes. We don't know how they happened, but they happened. It was just like Allie last time, where she's like, do we get paid to this? I don't know. Do we Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, did we get out to see for them? I don't forget. Uh, I'm thinking no. I'm thinking no because I, I was sad because I was doing I really good. Yeah, I was doing really good DPS with those weird vampires, and I was like, "Come on, I just want to get killed. Come on, see how I do." But, man, whatever. Ah, but speaking of uh, you know weird vampires, that's a horrible transition because there's no weird vampires in this. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll we'll what? see. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sally, one of the players. What? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, we did D&D. We did a D&D stream, and it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, if you would like to check it out. I would say your best bet is to go search for it on YouTube, because I cut it down a little bit. And, uh, yeah, you just get the you just get the fun YouTube experience. So, I think the best thing that you would search for... Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's probably just Jin's Joint, I think is the name of the, uh, the, the, the channel. So, yeah. If I go to YouTube.com, and I search for... <laughs> Jin's joint. We're doing it live. What happens? <laughs> Look, yeah, just search for that. That's the best way. Yeah. There it is. It's the it's the thing where it's a channel. Yeah, that one. And then there's literally one video on it right now. <laughs> yep, do that. The thing. <laughs> I'm making it so easy for folks. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. We, uh, you know, myself, the DM, I was uh, telling them wonderful tale about this fun continent that I created in my own head. And yeah, and then they did things. And I was really happy because they were like, Hey, let's RP a lot. And I was like, this is a good group, guys. This is good. I like this. This is fun. Because <laughs> rather than saying, we're going to go do the job, they were like, I want to go to the party. We want to talk to some people and we're going to get some information. I was like, sweet, sweet. This is great. So anyway, I'm super excited. This has been session one. Huge success. Huge success. I'm making a note. Here. It was, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun here. And, uh, you you did have told a really good story. I'm really excited to learn more about the world, um, and I think it was it was a good balance. Like everyone had kind of like their moments to feel kind of awesome and everything, and the way the rest of the guys are playing their characters is just awesome. And I cannot wait to learn more about them. And it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. So if you're really looking forward to it, 
we have confirmed when the next date is going to be. It will be, we will be streaming it live. Uh, as you listen to this, it'll be the following weekend, December 11th at uh, 3 p.m. Pacific. We will be going live with that on Twitch. And you can partake. It'll be fun. So yeah, you can stop in and say, oh, here's a guy. And then the DM guy, this guy over here that I'm pointing at right now that you can't see me pointing at. Yeah, that one. It's <laughs> probably not going to interact with you in chat because, uh, yeah, I just found out that uh, it's really difficult for me to do a lot of improv and interact with chat. So don't worry, the players will interact with you. <laughs> <laughs> we do. It's true. Yeah, they're really good at it. Me, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got a lot of things going on and you have to think of random names for guards named Bob and everything. Bob, Sam, Tom. We're yeah. friends. It's fine. Yeah. Bob and I are friends. That's right. We're going to get drinks later. Mm-hmm. This is, this, is how, this is how this game is going so far, in case you're curious. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic. I'm uh, super happy with how it's turned out so far. <laughs> it has uh, exceeded my wildest expectations. So there you go. It's been fun. Well, I mean, that's really all I did. I uh, did a whole bunch of work to get D&D up and running, and then uh, got AOTC. Yeah! But, uh, that's it. You finished your 75 hard. Oh, yeah, I did. Hey, look at that. I'm done. Yeah. Because I'm drinking something. We'll talk about that in a second. Yay! <laughs> yeah. So how, how do you feel like after results? How, how are you feeling? Uh, honestly, the after results is... Um, I don't know. So we took that... I took a week off of work afterwards just to enjoy myself. You know, have, have a good time. And, you know, I've been really, really, you know, using my uh, freedom as, as, as good as possible. Like, the first day of freedom, we hit up Dunkin' Donuts. That was fantastic. How I actually like the whole 75 hard thing, not just freedom, is, hey, I, I feel like a lot better. Running has been fantastic. I'm, I'm really getting back into it. In fact, speaking of Thanksgiving, um, just today, uh, me and my wife, we signed up for a, uh, you know, a charity run. So on Thanksgiving, we're going to be doing a 10K the morning of Thanksgiving. Yeah, turkey trot. Yeah, basically a little turkey trot. Yep. Yeah, so running the 10K before we uh, go uh, enjoy you know, Thanksgiving dinner. So 6.2 nice. miles. And yeah, so that'll be, a, a, you know, it, it makes basically we'll be looking forward to it. So anyway, I guess the ultimately is we're basically just way more into being active and trying to stick to a little more healthy eating and things like that. Because that was the one thing that I did notice it was the easiest for us was to stick to the diet. <laughs> it, was, it was super simple because um, the main thing was we just cut out all the crap of like fast food whenever, you know, feeling lazy. So it was like, oh, sorry, you have to cook. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was just like simple things like you can't can't have sugar. So that's why we hit up Dunkin Donuts the, the first day. <laughs> <laughs> the first moment you could. First moment we could. It was it was all right. We're going to we're going to go get that. So that was fun. But yeah, no, I mean, I I liked it. Um, both me and my wife are still reading a little bit more than we obviously were previously. And. Um, definitely go, going out and, and running a lot more than we were. And it's, it's been good. Definitely like it. That's great. Well oh, done. I, you guys rocked it. And I drink water on a semi-regular basis now. Not a gallon a day. Yay. No, but I actually drink water. So, so see. Good job. See, I have some with me. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah, look it's at great. that. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, yeah. I don't know. I like it. So, if you want to do it, go check it out. Do 75 part. It'll be fun. Um, it's not for everyone. But it was fun. I liked it. Yeah. It's a good time. So there's nice. my ringing endorsement for it. It's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> You'll like it. You'll feel better about yourself. Yeah. There you go. But speaking about feeling better about myself, there we go. That's a fantastic transition. 
You see that? That yes, it is. That's much better. <laughs> <laughs> we fixed it. We fixed it, everybody. We fixed it. <laughs> Speaking of feeling a better about ourselves, what are we drinking today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at this. Well, we didn't drink pumpkin ale like I said we were going to. Because apparently no. apparently we're late in the season. Why is I couldn't find it. I went to the store and was like, there's no pumpkins. Yeah. I looked in a couple different stores and there was none. There was Oktoberfest still from Sam Adams, but that was it. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. I was like, all right. I guess literally everything has been pushed back. Right? Everything's been pushed back. So it's like the pumpkin ale shows up in like July now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, because, uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving. You figured you'd pump pumpkin pie and all that. You'd think that that's when it would be there. But hey, it's not. So we got winter. We got winter ale instead. You're being logical. Thanksgiving is that poor holiday that gets sandwiched between Halloween and Christmas. When you go down, say you're, you're in the grocery store, right? You're in the aisle that has all like the, the holiday goods and whatnot. You, it's Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. The second Halloween's over. And actually, as Halloween's like approaching... That aisle slowly starts turning into Christmas. And when Halloween's over, it's all Christmas, except for one itty bitty little section that has a couple of Thanksgiving decorations. And that's it. Just one little itty bitty section. I do feel bad for Thanksgiving because there's the pumpkin Reese's Pieces or not Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And there's the and there's the Christmas tree peanut butter cups. I've never Mm, seen I've never seen I do love those. I've never seen a turkey peanut butter cup. I'm just saying. So I'd eat that. Of course. Of course. The, the, the holiday ones are the best. Well, it's because they get the uh, peanut butter to chocolate ratio uh, correct. Mm, it's so good. It's That's so the good. reason why, because they don't have that big crinkly outside where they have too much chocolate. That's the thing. Yeah, there's, there's well, I mean, you can't really have too much chocolate, but you are right. The ratio is well done with the holiday ones. Mm-hmm. Well, you're here to hear folks. Well, not very first or anything. But this is just common knowledge. Everyone knows this. The holiday ones <laughs> are superior to the original, so there we go. <laughs> it's true. But anyway, this winter ale specifically is the Jubilale, Jubilale Winter Ale by the Deschutes Brewing Company, and it is very good. I am enjoying the crap out of this thing. Mm-hmm. It is. It's actually really, really good. It, so to me, it tastes a little bit like a Sam Adams Winter Lager, except more hoppy, and it's also stronger. Yep. I agree with all which of that. Which is great. Yes. Yeah, you know, around this time last year, we did the, the winter lager, which is good. Winter lager, it's good. I was, uh, did not have any, you know, issues with it. I was like, hey, winter lager, it's very good. I like the winter lager. But this, this Jubilee is like, hey, you like winter lager? Have some more spice. Bam. There you go. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they did with it. Yeah. Really good. Well, anyway, speaking about really good, <laughs> these parents just in demand. They're so good. <laughs> Myself up, we were. Anyway, so hey, 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 everybody. <laughs> do you like sporting shows that talk about hobbies and interests that you are also into? Mm-hmm. I sure do. Do you find yourself talking back to those folks out loud while you're listening to the car, going on a walk, riding on a train? You know, when you just got the earbuds in, you're like, oh, mm. hey, Jen, I don't think we're going to get my dream. You need to stop making that happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, well, if you've, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, stay tuned until the end of the show. You find out how you keep this show and our silly habits and the dream of the Emerald Dream going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful right there. Just saying. 
Now, speaking of uh, the opposite of beautiful, let us get into the ABK news. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this by saying, if you listen to the latest episode of Dungeon Fables, Allie did a fantastic job of going over all of the details of the article that came out on Tuesday the 16th. Let's just say that was a rough day, everybody. That was a rough day. Because that, yeah. that article, yeah. um, it sucked. So anyway, we're just going to give a quick synopsis of what happened when uh, the Wall Street Journal article was published on November the 16th. Before we get going, I am going to add a quick little content warning in here that I will be using a word to describe an action that is very not great, but just just so you know, if you don't want to hear anything about any kind of like uh, horrible sexual misconduct, skip ahead about three minutes. The main takeaway is in 2018, an employee reported credible allegations that her supervisor had raped her in both 2016 and 2017. And ultimately, nothing came from those allegations. This person specifically uh, informed Bobby Kotick. So basically what we're saying is Bobby Kotick, CEO of Activision Blizzard King, knew about all this crap going all the way back to 2018. Okay? Yeah. So it wasn't just like, you know, he was informed that there is a, you know, there was an investigation going on. Most likely what was happening is the fact that nothing happened that came out of this uh, report. This is just my own speculation. The fact that nothing came from, you know, them reporting it, because I believe there was a, a lawyer involved in Ali. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's probably what kicked off some of these initial, like, investigations. Now, I'm not saying that's true, but definitely what played a role. Now, if that wasn't bad enough, in the article, it also confirmed all of our suspicions about Jen O'Neill's departure. So, if we all kind of scratched our head and we're like, hmm, that seemed fast. Well. A little red flaggy. Yeah. Yeah, yep. big red flag. So... If you're not aware, very quick recap was Jen, as well as Mike Yabara, were both promoted to the co-leader when Jay Allen Back was removed as president. However, Jen only stuck around in the position for about two, maybe three months, somewhere in there. I don't know the exact details. It was three less months, than, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, less than four. All right. Yes. Yes. So this article revealed that first up, Mike was paid more than Jen. That right there, in my opinion is criminal game show host level of stupid. Okay? <laughs> First off, the yeah. fact that it took two people to replace one person was suspect enough, but then you go and pay the female less than the male because you're clearly a morally bankrupt company, or you're just so stupid you don't realize that you're still doing the thing that everyone is criticizing you for. This likely wasn't the only reason, but this had to be one of the reasons that Jen told, I believe it was HR, when she was departing that it was obvious that leadership wasn't actually interested in any culture change. Yeah, so she basically was like, hmm, apparently they just promoted me because they're like, hey, everybody, there's a female there, too. We're paying the guy more. Okay, idiots. Well, speaking of culture change, another article was published just this Sunday saying that Bobby Kotick apparently might actually be seeing the writing on the walls. Because it stated that he would be willing to resign if he couldn't fix the problem with speed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I put the scare quotes in with, around with speed. <laughs> right? Now. As it should be. Uh, now, I know that this is coming from just a little podcast host that, you know, so it does obviously doesn't really mean much. But you will never fix the problem. This is no longer something that you can sweep under the rug or be ignored. And you sure as shit can't fix it by promoting a woman to co-leader position and pay her less than the man. 
this guy is an idiot. Uh, so hashtag fire, fire Bobby Kotick because yeah, I, I don't know. Like when I read all of the news that came out, I was just like, how does this guy still have a job? That's what is because uh, most of the board of directors are buddies of his. Of course they are. And uh, they are they're pretty quick to be like, we support Bobby Kotick. Yeah, because apparently Bobby Kotick makes his money. Mm-hmm. Well, look at your stock prices now, jackasses. Mm-hmm. And they're they're also claiming that they're going to make work on making the bar directors more diverse by one person. And I forget the exact numbers, but basically it's mostly white males with one female and one person of color. Yeah, that's a, like ooh. we're gonna make it more diverse now. Um super great. So guys. there's there's right, right. So there's something that came out uh like really, really early this morning or late last night or something. Um did you hear about the Workplace Responsibility Committee? See, I, I missed that one, so you'll have to fill me in. It's initially comprised of two independent directors to oversee the company's progress in successfully implementing its new policies, procedures, and commitments to improve workplace culture and eliminate all forms of harassment and discrimination at the company. Um, blah, 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 blah. They're also, like I said, this is where they found out we're, we're, they're going to try to add a, a new diverse director to the board. Um... They will require management to develop key performance indicators and or other means to measure progress and ensure accountability. Bobby Kotek, with, uh, along with Chief Poli- People Officer and Chief Compliance Officer, will provide frequent progress reports to the committee, which will regularly brief the full board. The committee is empowered to retain outside consultants and advisors and legal counsel, blah, 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 blah. They're ensuring to, ensured to you know, make a healthy workplace and blah, 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 and EOC and DFEH and it's going to, they're going to make things consistent and accountable and improve things. And hold on. Well, this, so this whole thing just sounds like they're just, they're just, this is how they're, they're claiming they're going to try and make things better and actually take action with stuff. The last paragraph of this is what bothers me. Cause again, the board directors who is super supportive of Kotech is like, everything is great. And, Everything's great under Bobby Kotick and we believe him. While the company, with the board's support, has been making important progress to improve workplace culture, it is clear that the current circumstances demand increased board engagement. After saying, oh, we support Bobby Kotick. Formation of the committee and additional future changes will help facilitate additional direct oversight and transparency and ensure that the company's commitments to Activision Blizzard's workforce are carried out with urgency and impact. Very, very buzzy words. This has been a challenging time across the company, but the board is confident in the actions underway to set the company up for future success. Look at us board people. I know you all hate us because we supported Bobby Kotek, but look how great we are because with our support, they're going to be able to achieve these things. Yeah, I, I, if you could see our faces right now, everybody, we're, you could see our, you know, just, just how much support and how much trust that we have in this board to do the right thing. We're rolling our eyes with our entire face. And guess who else is rolling their eyes with their entire faces? Um, the higher ups at PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo who are all re-examining their alliance and partnerships with Activision Blizzard all of a sudden and speaking out against what's happening and against Bobby Kotek. So that's happening too. <laughs> yeah. I think the pretty much everyone can see the writing on the walls basically thinking that, wow, that's a sinking ship. I want nothing to do with it. Oh, and the other group that's actually cut off their ties with Activision Blizzard um, is remember 
Girls Who Code? Yeah. Is that what that one That they partnered with to like um, charity and, and uh, all that jazz? Yeah. Girls Who Code are like, yeah, we're done with you guys. So they're out. <laughs> Which totally makes sense. But yeah. And um, it's so what's really impressive is when uh, this article came out half an it was either half an hour after this article came out or half an hour after Bobby Kotick responded to it, one of the two. Half an hour, that is all it took for the employees to um, communicate with each other and gather themselves and do another walkout. Yeah. It was a hundred over over the course of two hours, 150 people in person plus multiple virtually and everything. But that's all it took was half an hour for them to be able to gather together. And so some of the higher ups at Blizzard are reportedly sweating because they didn't expect them to be so organized so quickly. Yeah. And it makes sense, too, because uh, if my understanding was correct, too, a couple of people pointed out that, oh, right around the very shortly after the article came out, there was a video that Bobby Kotick posted of him basically going like, hey, everybody, hey, I'm great, blah, 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 blah. You know, it was like almost like a weird apology video that was put out. It was, it was very weird and awkward and gross. But it's like, hmm, you were able to hire a videographer and get the studio lighting and everything like that up in a very short amount of time. Oh, wait, you know, you knew the article was coming out that day, didn't you? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. Job. And so the, the video the video is discussing here is one of the creepiest things you will ever see. Evil, creepy, not not even fun, you know, enjoyable, creepy, no creepy. And it is still burned into my 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 brain, my brain piece. The guy blinked four times the entire video, and that's it. And it was all in the beginning. The second half didn't blink once, and his eyes look dead and soulless, and it's horrible. <laughs> I, uh, I can't. I watched it like three times to make sure he, he actually blinks. It's horrible. Yeah, I didn't watch Wasted it. my time. Yeah, I was like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> don't garbage. watch it. I mean, yeah. watch it, but don't watch it. Yeah. I didn't watch that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. Well, do we have any final thoughts before we move on from this? Because, yeah, let's just say it seems like those at the top are, um, they, uh, they, I don't know. They, they, they seem to be spiraling for, from what I can see at this moment. Yeah, it's, uh, doesn't look good. And the pretty much the entire gaming community so far, uh, not just the fans, I'm also talking about the other, like, CEOs of other companies are going, like, dude, you suck. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so two things. One, uh, obviously, hashtag fire Bobby Hotek. Bobby Kotek. Hotek. His name is apparently Hotek now. Uh, I don't even want to say his name. That's how bad it is. And then <laughs> there is actually a petition out there um, basically calling for his removal. And 400 something employees have signed it. I think it might be more by now. And there's actually another one for the public to sign. And that's up to like 1,500 signatures, I think. 1,200? 1500 it's a lot but um i think we both retweeted it i think i retweeted it as well on the live laugh lore twitter maybe put a link in the show notes or whatever but uh if you agree with us that you should fire bob we should fire you know bobby kotek or he needs to be removed maybe you know think about signing the petition obviously it's not gonna do a whole lot having said that there is power in numbers and it might be a good sign to the stockholders and eventually the board when just they so you pull know, their heads the, uh, out of their butts. The petition that is being passed around is up to 27,747. And I'm watching it Whoa. right now, and the numbers are still going up. In fact, it just went up to 750. 751. Yeah. 
752. Good. There we go. It's, uh, yeah. People are angry. Uh, justifiably. Yep. 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 So, there you go. There's your news about, um, Bobby Kotick and why he should be removed. Because I don't have any faith in him being able to right the ship, as he says. So, if he can't do it with speed, take your own advice and step down, dude. Because, um, apparently your board is a bunch of loser sycophants that won't remove you. So, cool. Well, anyway, with all that out of the way, all that garbage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I suppose we can, you know, now jump into something a little more lighthearted. Yay. So yes, please. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you, what you, what you talking about? Stuff and things. Yeah. So, hey, you know how we kept mentioning and also I edited later saying like, yeah, um, 9.2. We're just going to not talk about that. Well, we're talking about it today, <laughs> because Yay. yeah, Thursday, the 11th, two days after we recorded our last episode, information about patch 9.2 was released. So then we got a lot to cover. We're going to have a lot to cover for the next episode, a lot to cover the next episode. The reason why is because data mining is still going on. In fact, and the PTR is not even out yet. Uh, it's not. So, so if this is, this is the, the time of year, everybody. It's the time of year for this. I don't, I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. Yeah, if you are avoiding 9.2 spoilers, well, I'll see you when 9.2 comes around. <laughs> because, yeah, sometime next year. Yeah, we're going to dive in and we're going to rip this uh, everything apart uh, about the video. And then we're going to probably talk about at least some of the data mining because, hey, we got some and we got some more to talk about. And... Uh, there's a little bit more and a little bit more here. And hey, there was just some that came out today. So yeah, big, big spoilers. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Because, and I'm not going to say if it's on the internet, we're going to talk about it. But that's almost true. <laughs> yeah. It's very close. So what we're going to start with, obviously, is the developer preview video. Dev preview video. Yeah, this is what kicked it all off. And this is when they crushed my dreams. And they, <laughs> and they said... We're, we're going to Zareth Mortis. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, as they were showing those nice, big, lush green landscapes and those very, very like floating trees and everything, I was going, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. And then it was Zareth Mortis. I was like, ah, damn it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, dang. Anyway, so the little video. All right, go check it out yourself. It's very good. 11 minutes long. Uh, it's a fun watch. Well, let's, uh, let's let's dig into this and see what's going on. Because first off, Steve Denuser, he starts out the video describing that the story of the Shadowlands pulls from threads that go all the way back to Warcraft 3. Kinda. They kind of like threaded those needles themselves, but that's okay. <laughs> and then they describe how the expansion is a drama with three acts and that 9.2 will be the conclusion of said drama. All right. Just remember, everybody. Drama is tension and then resolution. Okay. So if we don't give any resolution, that's not drama. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so Steve, he also gives a brief explanation of the jailer's plans. All right. And I actually thought that was interesting. And obviously why we need to stop him. He wants to rewrite the rules of reality. What he said. Steve's words, not mine. Anyway. So how does, how does someone rewrite the rules of reality? Ooh. Well, apparently the first step is to travel to the first one's workshop is Zareth Mortis. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> so, what is Zareth Mortis? Well, 
as it is described by Maria Hamilton, is a realm used to create realms of the Shadowlands or afterlives. So what were your thoughts of the description of Zareth Mortis and all that we got going on here? I said, ooh, a lot. <laughs> First reaction. Um, I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to this and we, we'll, we'll get into it like throughout. I don't want to like, you know, Vomit it all out right now even when we're going to you know, re-talk about everything. You can vomit um, as much as you want right now. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It's it's really exciting. And there's there's some some mysteries to get solved. And I'm really looking forward to that. I like how we're getting a lot of the um, base models, the progenitors of things like progenitor frogs, which is awesome. Oh, those progenitor snails. snails. Oh, those are great. <laughs> there's little progenitor like lizard things and 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 that's pretty cool. But no, there's a lot of yeah, like it it feels just off of the initial images we're getting in the video we're getting, it does feel like it's the first one's workshop. Yeah. And at one point, I forget if they said it or if someone else said it somewhere, but they said it looks like it had been abandoned by the first ones, which in a previous episode we talked about how Maybe the first ones are dead. Maybe they cycle. So maybe, maybe they're cycling right now and they're not around. I don't know. Yeah, they may, they might not be. And if and if they are cycling, the one thing that I think that we can take away from the video and some of the data mining that we have so far is the sepulcher of the first ones is not where the first ones are located. Because right, well, we will talk about this in a moment. But that's the raid. Yes. And that's where the jailer, the wall, doing all sorts of janky stuff so yeah and there's no corpse of a first one in there at least not according to what i've seen so not that without that if we know but i feel like if they were around or readily available i feel like some alarms would go off or something like that when people are intruding their workshop and they'd be like oh my god we gotta get back home <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that hey you know before we before we move move past this I think that is an excellent thing to point out because one of the bosses, and we'll talk about that a little bit further, is actually a corrupted constellar. Hmm? Yes. And what do constellars do? They usually are the ones that ring the freaking alarm bell going, something's happening. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe Zaval saw him and was able to corrupt him somehow. So the alarm wouldn't be sound, sounded. Yeah. Sounded. I mean... Sargeras did the same thing. I think it was Sargeras that was like chip chap and chopped a freaking costlar in half, and then he got a different alarm bell. Like, hmm, why aren't we getting what's going on? So, but Agamar showed up and was like, "Oh, okay, well, what'd you do? Why'd you chip a chop a costlar? That's mean." Anyway, I th I think he's into that. You know, that hmm, that's an interesting little tidbit. We might learn why there's a costlar in there. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, because that that is one of the bosses. It is a dominated constellar. So. Mm -hmm. Fun fact there. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more of that when we get into the yes. raid. So, any other thoughts of just Zareth Mortis as a whole? Um, because I'm thinking it's pretty cool, and I also am, like, interested in the whole concept of a dry versus lush biome that they were talking about, too. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. And then to learn the, 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 the musical language that we're going to, like, gradually decipher... I'm super intrigued by that, and I'm hoping that we get some lovely lore bombs from that. Yeah, yeah, we definitely kind of jump into that in a moment, but um, yes, yeah, the whole musical language and us learning about it 
Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, well, let's, hey, I don't care. Let's just talk about this. This, this conversation today. We're not going <laughs> going off the notes. So the way that we're going to be learning about this language, uh, specifically the language of the first ones, uh, with its different fractals and things like that, as it was described in uh, Grimoire of the Shadowlands, one of those books that, you know, now that we get this video, the book makes a little bit more sense, especially that last chapter. <laughs> yeah, the last chapter, right? Um, because one of the things that I remember specifically, and uh, we pointed it out, was the singing stones of Niraman. Yes. And the fact that they were talking about how this is a very musical language, and I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> and it is the specific, and, and I didn't put it in his notes, but we can talk about it, is um, specifically the creatures that are in, what is it called? In Xerath Mortis are the Atoma, right? So there are basically the the, the Autobots roll out, right? The little... little <laughs> The little, the little Roombas of uh, the first ones. Basically, they're uh, they're taking, doing jabs and things like that. There's a whole bunch of, as they were talking about, different classes of um, the the different Atoma. Uh, one of them was, um, they were talking about how it's a, uh, what is it? Like one of them was like a guardian or protector. Turns out that's actually what uh, the guardian of the first one boss in uh, uh-huh. uh, of Domination is. He is, or they, the Toma, is uh, one of the uh, guardians of the first one. Or it's a, yeah, there you go. Guardian of the first one equals a Toma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just thought that was fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. And the whole the whole cipher thing. Yeah, we can talk about it a little bit more in a second. But yeah, we're going to be learning all about the fractals and how to apparently learn to speak the language. Because I th- and this is actually something that's pretty cool in the game. Is we haven't seen anything where you literally just couldn't read it and then you unlock things and then supposedly you can start reading it more. So um, this was actually something that was in the video that uh, Steve mentioned that he's really excited for us to learn all the different hints as we are learning more and more about the language. So I guess what I'm saying is if you find a note or a book or anywhere that you can't read and then you unlock more of the cipher, go back and read it again, apparently. Yes. Oh. Something that we're definitely going to have to pay attention to. I'm super excited about this and knowing how my my brain and I like puzzles and, and these kind of things like I, I am going to eat this alive and I'm so excited. Yeah, the I believe the the secret finder community might be eating this up, too. Oh, I'm sure. So another fun thing from the video that we could talk about are the enlightened. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the who the heck are the enlightened? Well, Let's rewind a little bit to our final episode all about the Grimoire of the Shadowlands. Again, specifically, if you remember, you know, remember that book, Talora was uh, talking about how, you know, it was a real bummer that Cartel Ta didn't, you know, invest more into making sure that they were the ones that got to go hunt for Zareth Mortis, basically. No, it was a the dang dirty cartel owl. Yeah, those are, <laughs> those are the ones that got it. Well, it was actually Talora that speculated that, hmm, maybe the reason that we haven't heard from Alpha Reem is maybe they found it. Maybe that's why we're just, they just up and disappeared. They found it. <laughs> yep. Well, now, we had speculated, and obviously we got this wrong, but it was fun. 
uh, speculation anyways is that Alpha Reem would be there and they would help us out. And they would be like, oh my gosh, the knowledge is so good. Well, they're kind of doing that. Kind of. But they respect the knowledge a lot more now. So that's why they're called the Enlightened Ones. Right? So the Enlightened, they basically are like, hey, um, we were in search of Xerath Mortis for monetary gains. We were thinking that, oh, we're going to learn all this stuff for blah, blah, blah. And they apparently they showed up and were like, wow, this is more important than we thought. Let's protect this knowledge. Let's make like they're almost like being the, the new caretakers of it and uh, wanting to. I don't know. Ali, you can probably describe it better, but they're they're just like, this is really cool. <laughs> yeah, I think caretakers felt like a good word. That's at least the, the vibe I got from it. I'm going to be curious to see if Alpharim is going to be still a little bit of the, the mad scribe, if you will, or if now that he has found this and has found some knowledge, I'm assuming maybe he won't be so mad anymore because maybe he'll get some answers, see he was right about certain things, and maybe the madness will have subsided and or maybe not. Maybe we're getting another theater. I don't know. Like, it could be a thing. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, I get the feeling that they were just calling Alpharim the mad scribe because it's like, man, you, you know what you're talking about. I don't think Alpharim was mad ever. I don't think... I don't he, seemed a little, he seemed a little crazy. A little, a little crazy. The, the fractals seemed to begin to his brain just a little bit. Okay, I understand that sometimes the fractals <laughs> and, the, and the trigonometry and the calculus and whatever may fry your brain a little bit when you've been focusing on it for a really long time. You know, I don't know. Have you, have you seen the movie Arrival? Right. I think it was Arrival. The crazy linguist was trying to figure out what the I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't think I'm saying that. Well, it was a good movie. (laughs) I liked it. My wife was like, this is dumb. But (laughs) so you can take that however you wish. (laughs) If you hate it, you have good company. (laughs) But anyway, um, let's just say them trying to decipher this alien language was kind of messing with them a little bit. So you can kind of see how, um, you know, as you were working day and night and that's like your entire focus, you you know, your colleagues might think you're a little mad, even though oh, you're not crazy. You're just, you're obsessed. So there you go. Alpharim was just obsessed. Really into his work. Oh, yeah, that's my thing. Well, <laughs> one other fun th- little bit is that if you're like, oh, that name sounds familiar in the video. Yeah, because they didn't refer to Alpharim as Alpharim. They referred to him as Farim. Now, hmm, why's that? Well, because Cartel Al, they're like, yeah, I'm not part of the cartel anymore. I'm an enlightened one. Hmm. I'll make my own. I'll make my own cartel. But it's not a cartel. We're, we're caretakers of knowledge. We're the enlightened. So there you go. No more Al in front. It's just Farim. There you go. It's the same dude. So if you run Taz of Esh and you find those little books in there and you're like, oh, what are these little books about the mad scribe? Same person. Fun, fun. Yes. So, any fun thoughts about that? Mm-hmm. It sounds like that's going to be our new rep that we work with. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of things we do with them in order to do other gameplay systems and whatnot. But uh, I think it'll be interesting. I think there'll be some good knowledge to learn from them, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and apparently, since these are, and, you know, as they, they were talking about in the video, that the enlightened disciples will, ins- will assist us while we're exploring the realm. And they need our help, too, with stopping the jailer because, you know, they they like that place and they don't want the jailer messing it up. So there you go. 
So that's why they want our help, and that's why we need their help, because apparently they've been there, and we need their help, because they know how to use the cipher. <laughs> so, yeah, let's 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 go ahead and uh, um, let's go ahead and jump into the raid, right? Mm. Yeah. So, the raid. So they didn't go into a whole bunch of stuff, but they were talking about how the sepulchre of the first ones. Mm-hmm. So. This is what they highlighted, and they said this is going to be the final raid of Shadowlands. Chucky darn. So, final final raid of Shadowlands was the Sepulchre of the First Ones. This is where the Jailer is trying to follow through with his plan of remaking the rules of reality. So, you want to remake the rules of reality? Well, we've got a lot of things to talk about. Mostly, the bosses. We're going to treat, all, we're yes. going to treat this almost like little mini Dungeon Fables. Welcome to Dungeon Fables. A show about dungeons and World of Warcraft. Here we venture beyond loot and look at the stories behind the bosses and the instances and figure out why they're there. So, let's dive in. Because we're going to talk about every single one of these bosses and what the heck we know about them so far. Some of them. Love it. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. But, you know, we're going off of data mining for the most part. So, here we go. So, the very first boss is going to be the Solitary Guardian. Hmm. Now. This one says, This eternal guardian lies in wait while its subsystems keep vigil over the entrance of the sepulchre of the first ones. Sounds to me like it's a big automa that's going to smash you in the face. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, if this is Dungeon Fables, this would be one of those ones where it's like, Not a lot of lore here. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'll still play voice lines, but... I don't have voice yeah. lines. No, I don't have voice lines. I got one for the next boss, though. Yeah, you do. So, anyway, <laughs> the next boss. I'm just going to say it's the Fallen Oracle. It's the Fallen Oracle. And before we get into this, they're actually just today. Now, we're not going to go into too much. There's not a lot of details. Just today, there were actually three, three cutscenes that were data mined. They were not a lot of info. Okay. Yeah, I got all excited. We finished it. I'm like, Oh my god, I gotta watch these, and so I watch them, and it's, oh, okay. I mean, I'm so I'm so really excited, but there was no there was no juicy bits, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So so here, let me let me let me cover them for you, okay? This is basically questing. These are these are questing uh, cutscenes. These aren't like big yeah, lore moment yeah. cutscenes. There is one little bit of a lore moment where I have to like give myself a the opposite of a pat on the back because yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> Is that like a slap upside the head? Yeah, there you that, go. That the slap upside is. the head. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first one. The very first one, basically, this is probably going to be the 9.2 cutscene where we have to get to Zareth Mortis. Right? So this is like yeah. the very first one. Okay. Well, the Primus, my buddy, he's like, hey, guys. Um, so we got four out of the five keys. What are we going to do? Well, all the Arbiter's buddies, you know, the voice of the Arbiter, they're still hanging around. Yes. So we're like, hey, destroy us and make a key out of us, basically. <laughs> we will <laughs> sacrifice ourselves <laughs> to open the door. <laughs> exactly how that goes. Exactly. Uh -huh. That's the voice line. Yeah, Kinda. I played it for okay. it. That's, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> okay. So anywho, that happened. And they opened the door. So this is the one where I was like, oh, no, no good. No good, Jen. Because it was... I had made the assumption and the guess that they were going to use the tier of a loon as the as the fifth key, 
didn't happen. We didn't go to Emerald Dream either. Bunch of bullshit. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, the next cutscene. Pretty much skip it. It's just like, oh, the mod's coming. Oh, no. And they, and they shut the door out. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, we fly through the portal just in time. That's pretty much what happened there. No lore moments. It's very flashy. Okay. And then the reason I even bring up these cutscenes is because this is this the the next raid boss is in that uh, that cutscene. It is the Oracle. At that time, it was talking about the Oracle. The jailer did something, blah, blah, blah. The jailer's like, I'm a fall. And he does some like domination magic. And hey, there you go. <laughs> so anyway, the second boss is Daz, Daz, Dazegni. Dazegni. Dazane? Whatever. I think there's probably a silent letter in this somewhere. Probably. Anyway, they're the fallen oracle because the friggin' Soval is a jerk. And you'll see it when we get to Zareth Mortis. Pretty much one of the, probably one of the first cutscenes you see. Well, anyway, uh, I do have to give credit where credit is due because I found this on Twitter from this is at Porter Gage. Yeah, Por- Porter Gage. They like to talk about uh, spoilery stuff on on, uh, on Twitter. So they point they posted a voice. Vo- oh, my God. Where'd that accent come from? <laughs> they posted a voice line from the fight. So here we go. Let's let's listen to this one. Mortis, Lumen, Ordos, Rhythm and Structure, Vitae, Umbra, Tumult, Improvisation and Possibility. Okay. Now, hmm. according to their tweet, there may be a Zareth or Keystone for each of the six cosmic forces. So we have Zareth Mortis, which is death. Well, and then the next thing that the Oracle said was Lumen, which is light. Ordos or Arcane. Mm-hmm. And the fun little fact that we're going to go ahead and point out that they, again, they also pointed out on Twitter. This matches up with the broker version of the cosmology chart. It put death on the side of light and arcane. And if you think about it, death is far more static and orderly than life, which is very, can be a little chaotic and wild growth. I mean, there's a freaking, just a druid spell called wild growth. It's like, ah, goes everywhere, wild growth. (laughs) (laughs) Death is a little bit more, and you did, right? It just, you when you did, you did. You just, there you go. So, so that's why they lumped it together. You heard it was like static, right? Stasis. Rhythm and structure. And then the next up, Vitae, life, umbra, void, and tumult, or fell, or chaos, right? Those were the possibilities, almost the endless possibility, the endless possibilities of life, the endless truths of the void, and obviously the chaos of the Vell, because it's truly chaos. Improvisation and possibility. I just thought that was a lot of fun. A lot of things to point out there. So, Allie, what do you think of all of these different crazy little things that came from this? I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. Uh, I noticed that too, that, you know, matches up with, you know, the, the cosmic forces. And it makes me wonder, I mean, because this is coming from... The first one's a workshop and it's a keystone. And so it kind of just makes me wonder, you know, if they use things <laughs> to, to shape and form 
these cosmic forces and whatnot. And maybe there's a name for each of the keystone. I don't know. There's something like that, though. Yeah, it feels like if we're talking about the first one, which obviously we should, because this is basically the first one's workshop where this is all going down. We have, you know, Xerath Mortis. It's the Keystone of Death. The keys, And then let's just play along. Let's not use the funny names. We're just going to say the Keystone of Light, the Keystone of Arcane, the Keystone of Light, the Keystone of Void, the Keystone of Fell, which makes sense if we're talking about how previously they were the brokers were saying how, oh, the first ones, they set up the scaffolding, right? And then reality was the fungus that grew upon it, right? Yeah. And I, th- I just thought that was a fun little thing to point out that, Hey, now we even possibly know what the names of the different Xeraths are. Wait, wait, so, th- so this area is called Xerath Mortis, right? Yeah, 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 the entire zone is Xerath Mortis. So do you think that each of these have their own zone? Like, is there like a workshop in each of these areas? There, According to this, there is most likely a Xerath in the Realm of Light, which would be known as Xerath Lumen. Yeah. There would be a workshop, which... So if we go off of the, there are the endless realms of the Shadowlands or the endless right. realms of death, right? They used Xerath Mortis to create all of those. Right? And then going off of this one little voice line, right? <laughs> that would mean that there may possibly be a workshop of the realm of light, workshop of the realm of arcane, a workshop. See? And, and this is probably describing how the first ones actually set things up using these different keystones, right? Which makes sense. I mean, you, you have to have a keystone thing that holds it all together and builds it all out, right? So there you go. With one little boss fight and one little voice line, so much information can be gleaned from it. <laughs> so it makes me wonder if through this, or maybe just this patch in general, if maybe we do briefly visit Emerald Dream. Hey, it could happen. It could. But just remember. Stop trying to make the Emerald Dream happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> just have to set myself up for that. You know, it's just it might. We'll talk about why I think so at towards the end, but let's let's, let's keep going on. Okay. So anyway, uh one thing that I would like to point out too is I don't know what this oracle is the oracle of either. Right, right. They were just in the Xerath Mortis, and then the Zoval did something with a big black orb of spookiness. Kind of looked like something <laughs> that you do. That's the official name, everyone. I don't know. Official it, name. It looked like one of those orbs that you have to, like, destroy during phase two of the Sylvanas fight, right? That's basically what it looked like. It does, it does. All right, and then big spookiness happened, and then the Oracle was like, ah, I'm a fallen Oracle now. Oh, dang it. So anyway... <laughs> I don't know what the Oracle was up to, what their job was here in Xerath Mortis, but I don't know. Guess they knew about some things. I don't know. Just like the Oracle of Delphi. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I think we're done with the Fallen Oracle, with we don't know their, how to pronounce that name. Designy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's our old friend. It's Artificer Zymox. Oh, they're, yeah, they're back. They're back. So we do have a um, an adventure journal uh, description of them. It says Zymox and his most loyal associates caught wind of the Forerunner's Relic, an ancient progenitor artifact said to unlock the key to weaponizing ephemera. See, oh, geez, I didn't notice that. I'm going to highlight that. I'm going to highlight that. 
Key to weaponizing ephemera. To defeat Azeroth's heroes this time. Okay, what? Hey, hold up. To defeat Azeroth's hero this time, Zymox must unlock the power of the Forerunner's relic during the encounter to turn this deal in his favor. Okay, so that's what's going on with Artificer Zymox. Now, the reason why I got all excited about Ephemera is because of boss number five, and then we'll we'll get there in a second. Because basically, my question is, what the hell is Ephemera? <laughs> are we talking about this now, or you want to wait till the fifth we boss? Can, we can wait, but at the same time, we can go. I don't know. Do you know what Ephemera is? So I, I get the feeling based on everything because this is supposedly, as we'll learn with the next boss, a 3D printer workshop kind of thing. They need, you know, materials or, or energy or something to, to mold like a, a clay, you know, of sorts, not in the literal sense, but, you know, the, the clay you need to like shape and mold the materials needed to mold and make all these things come into existence. Oh, are you saying to ephemera? Print. Are you saying ephemera is almost like the anima to anima? You know, yeah, it's like anima, something like anima that. Is like all the good stuff that all the things need to go, make it go and run. But the building blocks that they used to create all the stuff that eventually anima came from was ephemera. Is that what you're saying? Something like that. <laughs> it's like it's like the first one's like slapped down like a ball of clay, quote unquote ephemera. And then they mold it and shape it and print it to be what they want it to be. And then and then it goes in, into existence. Okay. I could Just be. Like that. that's, that's my guess. That's my guess. I also want to know what this Forerunner's Relic is. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, at first it makes me think it's just some weapon or something that we're not going to really care about. But if it's actually made its way to the Sepulchre, like, I would imagine something kind of important or powerful. I mean, it says it's a progenitor artifact, which usually leads to say it was a first one artifact. Typically. It's a weapon of the first ones. Weapon of the first one. What? Anyway, <laughs> so um, not a lot to go off of here other than us speculating what the heck ephemera is. And Artificer Zymox, he's back. So uh, yeah, I hope back you, again. I hope you enjoy the portals because they're probably in the fight. I didn't read all the abilities. Maybe we can go through them later. But anywho, <laughs> <laughs> not this episode, though. <laughs> anyway, the next fight, which is boss number four. The Prototype Pantheon. Now, Prototype Pantheon. The Pantheon of Death prototypes printed by progenitors serving the Jailer. Now, from the sounds of it, the sounds of it is, um, this is like, it's evolved building a new Pantheon, right? This isn't like Pantheon. That's what it seems like. 0.5, <laughs> like the beta release. Yeah. I feel no, like he's I, making I, it a new feels, one. It feels like he's doing things, yeah. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere where it's like, oh, we got to stop him. If he can make new Pantheon, what? Oh, my gosh. Right. So that's that's what I thought it was. <laughs> and by the way, I just think it's funny that they really even said that. Yeah, it really is like basically a 3D printer. And I was like, is it for the 3D printer? Just like Forger Wheels. <laughs> yup. Yeah. So, you know, he's printing things. I don't remember where he was printing it, but hey, he printed it. Uh, and it, we have a prototype pantheon that we have to deal with. So it's one of those council bosses because we have to deal with a new Primus, which looks pretty much like the Primus. It's just golden. And then we got then we got a, a, a prototype uh, Winter Queen, which it looks like the Winter Queen, but you're like, just is a little different, right? I don't know. Right. That one looks a little off. Denathrius 
Spot on. It's just like, hey, he's wearing golden armor now. <laughs> not a Ta-da. not a big difference. And then there is uh, Kerestria, you know, the Archon. They seem, yeah, even more golden of the golden that they were. So, yeah, I think, <laughs> right. I think the only one that looks a little like, I think you, I think you messed something up there. I don't, I'm not saying you did, all, but I don't know. The Winter Queen just something. I don't know. I think this is the antlers. The antlers look different. <laughs> so yeah, we got we got to deal with the pantheon again. Weird. So, all right, here's the one that we were alluding to, which is Lehuvim. Lehuvim. Lehuvim, maybe. Lehuvim. Anyways, it's the principal architect, which is funny. You think it's the principal architect? Anyway, so the the adventure journal. For them, says, with great care, Lehuvim weaves ephemera into being in accordance with the hallowed will of the first ones. So, like Ali was saying, it's like they're clay. He molds the clay into the hallowed will of the first one. Which, you know, they're basically saying like, hey, it's really sacred and wonderful. The first ones want me to do this. So I, it's the hallowed, hallowed like that, the hallowed. Not, yeah. Not like they're hollowed out. Just so you know. <laughs> That'd be weird. No, that's, that's it's it's sacred. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Um I, I I was curious. I did a little digging. I was trying to figure out if, if there was anything else where ephemera was mentioned anywhere else, like Wowpedia, Wowhead. There is only one mention of ephemera, and it is from Shadowlands. It was a quest reward where it was like the ephemera key. You just get a, a a key. I was like, I don't. Why did I get this ephemera key? I don't remember. Anyway, that's the only time <laughs> the word was ever mentioned, <laughs> right? So huh. I thought that was an interesting. Yeah, possibly interesting. I don't know. Probably nothing. They probably just threw that name in there, thinking like, oh, it's a good name for a key. All right. So this principal architect, I'm assuming they're they're the person. I don't know. I'm, Principal architect. It's called. I'm getting like uh, Matrix vibes with the architects, <laughs> and now I'm getting Will Ferrell vibes, pretending to be the architect. I don't know. You remember that? <laughs> I don't. Oh my gosh! Justin Timberlake was there. It was fantastic. You see, what you haven't answered. I'm trying. You just need to let me talk. <laughs> Why am I here? <sighs> Would you shut up? You won't let it. No, you won't let it. I'm the one who talks. <laughs> Okay, mouth shut! Ears open! You have an answer. You do not want to see me get out of this chair! Erica, open your yapper one more time and I'm gonna architect a world of pain all over your candy ass! Ergo! Vis-a-vis! Concordantly! Ergo, vis-a-vis. <laughs> now, we have boss number six. And when I say boss yes. number six, I got nothing. I literally got nothing. I got a name. Her name is Skolex. The insatiable rav- ravener. Ravener. Yep. Might as well call him Orgorger, because nothing there. Probably eats probably eats things. Maybe, maybe it feeds on ephemera. Maybe. And that's an issue. It may, maybe. Or something. I don't know. I'm pulling that out of my butt. It's fine. I don't know. If we're going to call it Skolex, the insatiable ravener, uh, we're probably going to call him a, a devourer that yeah. got... You know, because in the in the developer video that said, "Oh, oh, the the the, the dudes, 
the the devourers. The devourers. They're, they're, they're like here. they're like falling apart. They're like going like. Oh my gosh. So maybe, maybe they're now called raveners instead of devourers. That's honestly that's probably what it is. Yeah. Hey, we figured it out, folks. That's literally probably what it was. <laughs> Yay! Go us. <laughs> devourer. It's been renamed Ravener because he's like falling apart, and it's like uh, what do they what do they call those guys in uh in Reavers? Yeah, it's like a Reaver. Yes, like, Reaver. Uh, yeah. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, we got a good one. We got a good one here. This one is called Halundrus the Reclaimer. He's a repo man. All right. (laughs) Because cosmic repo man. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, look at this. Ephemera again. Yeah, the Reclaimer. Because it says, for eons, Halundrus has traveled the caverns of the sepulchre of the first ones, fulfilling its sacred purpose of reclaiming ephemera and returning it to the great cycle. You know, now that I'm thinking so, about it, I feel like ephemera is probably what's used to create Shadowlands, like or like the different realms. Could be, yes. Maybe that's just anima. I don't know what they do with ephemera. Where were you thinking? So what he does, so so say, for example, you, you got your cookie dough, right? You, you roll it out. And then you use your cookie cutter, right, to make your beautiful shape that you're making with it. And then you have all that excess dough. Maybe the first ones get sloppy and some of the excess dough that's like too small to like re-roll and use up again. Maybe it just they just like toss it out or something. And it's like floating in limbo somewhere. And then so Holland is the reclaimer, the cosmic repo man, goes and collects all the scraps and stuff and brings it back so it can be reused to make something else. I feel like if they don't have a voice line with Halandras the Reclaimer of Recycle, Reduce, Reuse, they, <laughs> they are failing somewhere because this guy clearly is all about the recycling. So there we go. So not only does he go and grab the scraps of the cookie dough or pie crust, because, <laughs> you know, I made a pie today. It was very good. I got you. Wasn't perfect. But I had a little bit of extra scraps. And you know, it was like, it's just a little ball. What am I going to do with this? I can't make a pie with something like this big. Alundra's just like, look here, little buddy. We can do something with this. <laughs> I'll take it. I will return it to the great cycle. Mm-hmm. He returned it to the great cycle. <laughs> to fulfill its sacred purpose of reclaiming <laughs> the pie yep. crust. And returning it. <laughs> All right. Now we have something very important to talk about. And this is boss number eight. Now, if you have been following the news and been dig- digging into like some of the, the stuff and the and like the interviews, one of the things that you'll know, this is the last boss that you can actually do on the first week. Because Yeah, which is super interesting. Yeah. Super interesting. By the way, it's Anduin Wren. Okay? This is Anduin Wren. <laughs> that was good. That's good. Okay. So Anduin Rin, obviously, he is a little, um, he's a little preoccupied at the moment. He's kind of, what are, they, what are they, the, the, the term that we're using? Dominated. Dominated. Yeah, he's been dominated. Okay. So, now, you know how I've been reading off some of these things, like, for eons, Helindris has traveled the caverns. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got, I got nothing for Andy. Nope. Nothing. All I got is dramatic chipmunker. Groundhog or whatever that guy's name. 
hedgehog. Not hedgehog. <laughs> what is it? It looks like a gopher. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Anywho. No, no, no. We got nothing uh, when it comes to that. But you know what we do have? Ability names. Mm-hmm. Some of the abilities are pretty, like, telling about what might be going on in that fight and who might be making a cameo appearance. So, if you, if you want some serious, like, some stuff, um, this is your last warning. I don't, I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. Okay, if you're here this far, you, you're totally in for this. Yeah, um, one of the things... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was messing with you. <laughs> anyway, so one of the one of the abilities is um, friggin' um, remorseless winter. Hmm, where have we seen that before? Hmm, the Lich King fight. <laughs> I have a Frostmourne keychain, so I'm holding it up right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah, basically, there are a whole lots of abilities during this fight that are just completely renamed. After Lich King abilities. So, what is the thing that we are assuming is that... Hmm. Yeah. You know, Kingsmorn? Yeah. The little little, little shard that, uh, that the yeah. the jailer decided to plop into uh, into his uh, new Morn blade. That was probably Arthas. And by probably, we're like 95% sure Yeah. Now. Yeah. In fact, I think one of the intermissions is called almost like... It's like the messed up king or something. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> what? Let me see if I can find out what the real name is. The, the messed up king. Man. It's messed no, up. That's, that's the name now. That's the name now. The messed up king. It's true. It's true. All right. I'll see if I, I'll see if I can track it down because I'm very curious. And then when you transition to that phase, we need to get DMB, DBM to get a voice clip of Jin you know, making that noise, right? And so when you transition that phase, we hear that. It'd be mm-hmm. amazing. It's the messed up king. Womp womp. Yeah. Okay, here we go. This is the, this is the article I was looking for. Do-do-do. Yeah, so we have uh, a whole bunch of fun things like Remorseless Winter, as we already talked about. Oh, look. Yeah. Army of the Dead. Oh, that seems Yeah. Oh, fun times. Fun times. Uh, oh, that is the name of the intermission that I was in. Remnant of a Fallen King. That is the name of one yep. of the intermissions. So, hmm, that's, that's very interesting. So, yeah, it's totally Arthas up in there. Now, we've been waiting this whole time for him to, to pop up. So, yeah. Now, the reason, and my, this is my, my guess, is that, well, I think the, the very simple basic reason is that they were saying that well, we need to free Anduin because he's been under the effects of this domination magic for so long. He'll be able to say, this is this is the Jailer's weak spot. This is how you can defeat him because that I know, right? So I'm pretty sure that's like the, the setup for Anduin. We're going to rescue him and then, then we have to like learn the secrets before we move into week two with the last three bosses. Yeah. Now, as part of that week intermission, there will probably almost certainly be a cutscene. And if there is not something in there where Arthas shows just a tiny little cameo of like, hey, thanks for freeing me. Bye. Right. 
I'll be shocked. Obviously, I'm pretty sure it's going to be more than thanks for freeing me by, but yeah. I have a feeling that's what's going to be happening. Kingsmorn, it's got Arthas' soul in it. And that's not even me saying it. That's pretty much everyone in the community that's looking at the data mining saying it. Pretty much, yeah. And um, they, where did I see this? I need to stop looking at Wahid articles right before going to work because I forget where I actually read. But someone actually found some act, some uh, Lich King and Frostmourne images in the data mine files for the PTR in Zareth Mortis. Yeah, but they I also that said one. that could just—they said they it could just be placeholders. So, but give it given this, and it's also been heavily hinted at that. There is a story reason behind doing this whole, oh, you can only do the first eight bosses the first week because of Andy and Warren and whatever happens and story and blah, 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 blah. So something goes down. We're going to get some kind of epic cinematic. We're going to love the story. It's going to be great. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, the Anduin, it's going to be good. And and yes, there is a... Um an article that says Frostmourne model Easter egg in Zareth Mortis in 9.2 BTR. Yeah, so it is there. <laughs> uh, but it's probably in like one of those weird like you can't find it things. It's just in the data files. Okay, now week two of Zareth Mortis. You know, if you're one of those like super hardcore raiders that, you know, burns through the first eight bosses of week one, right? then you'll be stopped there. And then finally, week two, you can pro- continue your progression into the Lords of Dread. <laughs> okay, it's Mulganus. He already told us he was going to be there. Shenanigans. He literally told us he was going to be there. He's like, hey, wherever this ends, you can find me there because it's, it's, it's going down. Right? That's kind of what he said. So good times. Anyway, um, and it's not just Mulganus, it's a whole bunch of Dreadlords. It looks like it's like a Dreadlord council fight. Uh, yeah. Looks good to me, though. Looks fun. I'm excited. Yeah. And hopefully we get another one of those, like, super cool, like, voice lines where it's like, yeah, there's, like, stuff and things. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. It's, you know, going back to the, our little uh, Fallen Oracle voice line where, you know, maybe... Right? Maybe Mulganus is going to say something along the lines of, Hey, uh, we've been, like, messing with all of, like, reality since pretty much we were created. You know, something along those lines. That'd be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for him to fess up on, you know, as, as the villains in certain movies, I mean, when they tend to lay out their whole plan and everything, like, I... I want a voice line where Mulganus like, guess where I've been for a while <laughs> and have it be like, oh, my God. And, you know, change what we think about a certain character that he's been disguised as or, you know, Mulganus shenanigans, because I, I swear something's up with that. So, yeah, surprise. I want that. Callie the whole time. <laughs> Maybe. Could be. That'd be weird, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we got Lords of Dread. We're talking all about uh, we got we got we got Dread Lords up in here. Lots of Dread Lords. Now, and we already kind of spoiled it a little bit. Gunslar. Yay. Yep. This one is named Rigalon, not Algalon. Rigalon. Right? Like Riboflavin. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just like that. 
Now, we don't have a lot to go off of on this one. No, no information in the dungeon journal. No, nothing like that. We don't have any fun little little bits or bobs or nothing. We just know based on the developer preview that, hey, it's consular. It's been dominated specifically, and it actually talked about it's not just a consular. The jailer dominated this consular with his magic. Now, now, like we said, maybe there's a reason they dominated. Maybe the consular was had a job. Maybe it was supposed to like watch over Zareth Mortis and ring a bell if the jailer showed up, <laughs> right? So, I I hope we find out why they're there because that would be very interesting to know why they're there. And if we have no idea why Rigalon is there, other than the jailer dominated it, I know Allie will be very disappointed when she gets to this raid in Dungeon Fable because you'd be like, it's a Castellar. That's it, guys. That's all we know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so disappointed. <laughs> no, because so let's, let's think about this for a minute. A, the fact that he could potentially have dominated a Castellar, that's that's I feel like that's pretty powerful. Right? Like, that's not just me, right? Uh, in the, the words of the, that 80s song, that's powerful stuff. Yeah. Right, right. And then, this is the second to last boss. So, you yeah. know, like, there, there's some importance in here, you know, with with that boss. With with this consular. So, I think we may be on to something. Yeah. I have a feeling that this consular had a job and the jailer was like, no, you're not going to do that job. And Maybe... Maybe somehow when Bregalon's within an inch of its life, we somehow it, it's able to like snap out of the domination magic, or whatever. Be like, I will sound the alarm and then I will die. And then the first ones would be like, oh, my God, got to get back to the workshop. And then they'll do the final killing blow on the jailer. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I'm pulling that out of my butt. Well, maybe it's something like um, Algalon. Where Algalon was like, hey guys, I got this reply code. Normally I was going to send reply code. I don't know. It was either Alpha or Omega. I don't remember which. But I'm going to give you the good one. All right. I feel like the Consular, maybe when we defeat it, is going to be like, hey, here's my reply code. You better send it off. And then maybe the first ones will show up. I don't know. <laughs> I think that might be cool. Or something, something like that, right? Like, I feel, I feel like there's going to be something with that. I feel like we're also going to get some great voice lines because Algalon has some great voice lines. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Now, one more thing before we move into this last boss that just I was just reminded of as we were thinking about this. We were talking about the, the whole consular. So, hey, remember, go, just going back. Just go way back in this episode. Like 20 minutes ago or something. <laughs> <laughs> we were way just, back, everyone. Way back. way back. Yeah, we were talking about those, those three... Three cutscenes that were released. We found out about them. Right. Right. I'm, I'm doing this because I didn't really add them into the notes because I was like, I don't know where to add these things. This is just like, whatever. But one of the things that was interesting, and now that I'm just thinking about it, and there's obviously going to be some type of significance here. Perhaps this is how the jailer was able to do something or draw the attention of Ragalon or something like that. Because... What the jailer does is it shuts down the forge of afterlives. So he does this little spooky little black ball orby thing and blah, blah, blah. And then the forge of afterlives. Remember that big ball that you see in the developer preview? And it's like, it's the yeah. forge of afterlives. This is how we make afterlives. And maybe 
Now, after discussing it, maybe that it runs off of ephemera. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, anywho, the jailer shut it off. He's like, boop, and he, and he turned it off. So he turned off the, the, the forge of afterlives. Well, maybe that's what called Rigalon down. I was like, the shit, why is maybe. this off? Yeah. So anyway. That, that, could, that could very well be it. Yeah, because uh, if I remember correctly, usually the consulars only show up when, like, something's not working. For example, when we killed Loken. <laughs> and the prime designate yeah. went... Burp, 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 and power down and then the consular was like oh that is my that's my moment to come take a look <laughs> right so Rigalon probably showed up when he and I'm not saying probably I'm saying this is a guess that when the jailer you know flipped the switch turned the power on the uh, the forge of afterlives this is when Rigalon was like better check it out that's what I'm thinking makes sense to me yeah I like this well anyway speaking of the jailer he's the last boss Surprise! It's not a surprise. No, it's it's not. Were you surprised? Not I was really. surprised. No, no, I was not surprised. <laughs> now we don't know if he's going to live or not, but yeah, we knew he was going to be the last boss. Yeah, and I don't know anything. I don't have anything on the jailer. I don't have any like abilities or oh no, no, I take it back. There is one ability, one little callback. Defile is coming back, everybody. Defile. The jailer. Oh my goodness. The jailer is using the defile ability. So um, if you remember that, if you remember that from Wrath of the Lich King and you're like, I hate this mother effing ability. Well, get ready. It's coming back. Stay out of the defile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and if you are, if you're one of those uh, BFA babies <laughs> who didn't play back in Wrath, let me explain to you how defile works because it's one of those iconic abilities of all time. Yes, the, the the boss will cast it upon a, a random player. Right. So the the way that you you handle it is you everyone it's okay. The file is coming five four three two one right. Everyone spread the f out. Get away from each other. Spread out because it's going to be cast on one person. Right. Now the reason you spread out is because you don't want more than one person to be in it at once. Because whenever someone's standing in it and someone takes a tick of damage, it grows. It gets larger. Okay, gets bigger. Whoever wants to get the heck away from it as fast as possible. Okay, making sense? So if everyone's standing in it once, the ground pretty much disappears underneath your feet and you're all dead. <laughs> if you did the anniversary event last year that had the different bosses from the different, you know, iconic raids and the one for for ICC for, you know, Lich King, it was the, the gray black smoky looking pools on the ground that grew that was the defile that killed everyone because no one knew how to handle it <laughs> everyone forgot I think the anniversary event's going on now I forget if that event's happening again where you can go like through all the different bosses of past raids and stuff I would imagine it's still there probably but yeah that, that was defile yep and I just think it's funny that they're like you know what let's bring it on back we're bringing back set pieces. Let's bring back Defile. <laughs> right, because that's what triggers the Defile. Set pieces! Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of set pieces, have you, have you looked at your set bonuses yet? Hmm? Uh, for Holy, I have. And it's alright. In, in practice, it might be kind of neat. It's nothing, you know, that's like, ooh, exciting, but useful. It's useful. 
See, the sad, the real sad truth of the thing is, is that I, I took a look of, of mine where for Fury Warriors, and you know what it basically told me was, yeah, you're going to be raiding with the Venthyr if you want to be doing a lot of damage because it was very much. Aww. Holy crap. <laughs> the, just the, just the basically, oh, and hey, let's, let's ta- talk a little bit about, about the lore of 9.2 just for a little bit more. Hey, apparently when we're do- dealing with the cipher of the first ones, we're learning the languages. One of the things that you'll get to learn is about how to equip two legendaries. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. So it basically was like, yeah, you're going to get to wear a, one of your covenant ability legendaries. So one of the ones that are covenant specific, you can wear one of those. And you can wear one of the other ones that are not covenant specific. That's basically what, what I said. Yeah. So talking about the set bonus, it was like, yeah, that uh, that Venthyr set bonus for, for Fury Warriors is basically like, this is going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you are you gonna live? Are you gonna be okay? Yeah, I'll be fine because I can always go back home. Yeah, fair, yeah. Because you know how Chromie in the in the announcement video for Classic, where it's like some people say you can never go home. I can go home. <laughs> I can go back to the Necrolords. I just don't raid with the Necrolords. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 my uh, that is actually my uh, goal before nine point two is to hit. 80 renown with everyone before 9.2 comes out because they're not adding any more renown. Hey, that's another fun fact yeah, of 9.2. Th- that would mean you have to actually finish your knife a campaign, so... I'm in the 70s renown of, you know, the Venthyr, so I will be moving on to the knife a <laughs> eventually. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Probably, you know what? Hey, it's not going to be next... It, you know what? I'm not guaranteeing... But there is a good chance <laughs> next episode, I'm going to be like, hey, you know what? Let's burn down the Drust. Let's burn down the Drust. I'm I'm, I'm going to I'm going to hold you. I'm going to check in next episode. I'm doing notes. I'm going to check in with you. All right. All right. Sounds good. Well, that pretty much wraps up everything that I got on the notes. And trust me, I data mining is still ongoing. Lots of stuff that we're going to be learning. And, you know, if we find it, we'll talk about it next time. No, I just want to bring up that in the interview, the newser said that Loon will make an appearance in this patch. We will see a very different Sylvanas. These two have a lot to work out, and it's pivotal to how the patch and the expansion wrap up. You know what I say to that? You know what I say? You're getting my hopes up, so I just need to say. Stop trying to make the Emerald Dream happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm just saying. I feel like... I feel like the news is messing with me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> with you in particular. Me in it's particular. Like that Jin guy. It's I'm like going to put this like out that there Jin for him. That Jin guy, Lord, he keeps saying, Look out, the Emerald Dream. <laughs> Get in, loser. We're going. Emerald Dream. I mean, maybe. Maybe <laughs> the Emerald Dream, for some reason, has some kind of connection or ties to the first ones. And maybe get a glimpse of it. Or maybe something with a loon or something. Maybe. I don't know what any of that means, but it does show us, like, you know, we're not done with Sylvanas' story. Yeah. Which we kind of figure because the book's coming up. The book's and coming up. Oh, we, and, in, and in one of the, the little screenshots that was showed, Sylvanas is standing in the background looking like she's a popper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she she is for sure. And uh, and we're going to get more loot, apparently. So that could be a thing. It could be a thing. And I, and I like this thing. Well, anyway. I think that's going to wrap it up. Would you yeah. agree? I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, so, yeah anyway, I agree. 
anyway, that's that's where we'll leave it. You know, next episode, 9.2 stuff. We're going to talk about it. Otherwise, we'll talk about something else. But almost certainly, more 9.2 next time. Yeah, probably. Well, anyway, would you like to talk, would you like to talk about the very fine review that we got from the WarcraftRadio.com slash directory? I sure would. This comes to us from Sin, who says, Awesome show with amazing hosts. Very deep dive into the lore. Mm-hmm. Very, Thank you, Sin. Very deep. Very deep. We're in the like the twelve foot range. Right? It's, it's, yep. It's usually the deep end of the pool, twelve feet, right? Yep. That's where we get. Yep. We're we're in we're in yep. that range. <laughs> <laughs> Love Allie's look where she's like, you just <laughs> Okay. I'm just going to bite my tongue. Anyways, Sin, thank you so much for your review. We really do appreciate it. And it's incredibly kind of you to take the time. Thank you. Yep. And you know what? You know what, Sin? I like those reviews. Nice and short, nice and sweet, beautiful. It's perfect. I don't think you can yeah. do a better review than that because I like being called awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. They called me amazing. They go, I, amazing. I like called amazing. Amazing's good, too. We're, we're amazing. There yes. you go. Perfect. Well, now it is my fine pleasure and, you know, esteem and everything that, whatever, because it's my turn. Anyway, I'm just super happy to say thank you very much to our brand new patron, Postamat. Thank you very much, Postamat. You rock. Thank you very much for the support. Yes, thank you. You So, Allie, since, you know. Since you you're never awkward, awkward is just not in your in your bones. Never ever. I'm so smooth, so suave. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Would you like to say there? Thank you very much to these top patrons because you know n- no awkwardness in you at all, none whatsoever. <laughs> this is just a list. I might be okay with this. So we have Pasta Matt, Kellen P, Mud, Chris Malor, Dungeon Master Burke, and Anna. Thank you all so much for being top patrons. Thank you. That was amazing. Thank you very much. I appreciate every single one of you. Mm-hmm. In your own special way. You're the best. All right. Now, I suppose we could go ahead and get into a little bit of this. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. Yeah. I like this one so much. Now, I don't know. I don't know about you or, or anyone else. If you've ever gone to the shelter and you're like, wow, this is noisy. And some of these dogs are really, really like, they're just like, hey, I'm in a cage. Let me out. Well, one of the reasons that that could be that way is because, well, they're not always socialized very much. Now, there's one particular person that is doing their part to uh, to help as best they can. So what they do, this particular person is uh, goes by the name of Evan. Evan, they're 11 years old and they were the recipient of the ASPCA Kid of the Year Award because what they do is they go to the different shelters uh, where they live. Um, I believe they live in the Bronx and they literally read stories to the dogs in the shelter. And it is some of the cutest stuff you will ever hear. Oh my God. So here we go. It's adorable. Hey there, little buddy. You've got no parents, no collar. I'm going to take you to the shelter, so please don't holler. My favorite story to read to the dogs is Belly Rubbin' for Bubbins. The story is about a dog that was placed into the shelter and got adopted. So, like, I like reading that to the dogs because 
when I'm done reading the book, I'm like, you will get adopted. No, I have hope for you. He targets those dogs that are in need of immediate placement. He goes and he's very patient. He's very calm and he sits there, even though they're barking at him in his face, he's just gonna sit there and he's just be like, I know, I know it's hard, but I'm here. And if you wanna hear a story, you're gonna have to be quiet. He was finally chosen. He knew deep, deep down that he was finally okay because he'd been adopted by a loving family today. And there you go. Some of the cutest- Oh my God, my heart is adorable. <laughs> I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> not quite, not quite, not, not quite to that extent, but that was freaking adorable and I love it. Yeah, no, this is, this is one of those times when you're just, you know, perusing and scrolling and trying to find a, a good positive story. And every now and then you'll find one that is just like, nope, that's perfect. We're doing that one. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, I was, you know, I, I was personally curious and just saying like, okay, is this like uh, what's going on? And yeah, all of the dog training websites and everything was like, yeah, one of the best things that you can do for the dog is socialize them because if your yep. dog only knows just you, you're going to be a butthead to everyone else. So make this sure this is true. Make sure you take them on plenty of walks, get them uh, socialized with other people. So there you go. So that's why this little kid, Evan. The 11-year-old recipient of the ASPCA Kids of the Year Award is doing their part to help socialize the dog by reading to them. Oh, And it's yay. freaking adorable. So there we go. And I think that's going to do it for us. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. There we go. 9.2. Hopefully it comes out before June. <laughs> it will come out before June. I don't know. I'm just guessing. <laughs> Oh. I don't know. It's like, oh, wait. February. Calling Thanks it. for listening to Live, Laugh, Lore. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a question that you're just dying to know the answer to, send us an email at livelaughlorecast at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jen on Twitter at Jared Cooster, and you can follow Allie at Allie Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. Man, that music really slaps.